Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to week two of IMS Radio under the new system here under our new streaming platform. We're still getting used to it, having some technical difficulties here, but we're working through it, trying to figure this thing out, and we'll see how it goes. We have people coming to us from many different platforms now on YouTube, of course, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, even set ourselves up on BitChute and Odyssey now, if you can believe that. So we're everywhere. If you if you want to find us, you want to hear about Maryland sports, there's no excuses anymore. We are out there. You can find us. And please do us a favor before we get started everything. Do us a favor and subscribe to us on YouTube. That would really help us out. Yes. And and to whoever was asking about my mouth, thank you. It's much better. Uh, let me just, just public service announcement. Don't get your wisdom teeth cut out at age 43. Just I did, bad idea. I did it at 49 last year, so I know. Uh, you I understand do. then, dude. That, that that sucked, but uh, but we're we're on the mend. I was actually able to like successfully chew brisket today, so it's I was nice. very excited about that. Had some brisket mm. today too. Yeah. There you go, yeah. smart man. Two fifty barbecue, ha- dude. Live and die. Hammer down place. barbecue by my place. Well, we have to have a barbecue off. Could roll yeah. that. We have to go to one. We'll be like, who? What's his name? The Portnor guy does the pizza reviews. We'll just do barbecue reviews. That's fine. That was all we did in, in Austin when we went on that trip. We just ate at barbecue places like every meal. Which day. I went back to when I was in Austin this summer, and it was insane. One of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. So, yep, highly recommend. That. Anyway, hey, so so we're five and zero, oh, five and zero, oh, and, and uh, Ty Felton. One and, of the big reasons they're five and zero oh is going to be joining us. Yeah, five, three touchdowns for my guy last week. I mean, and, and boy, boy, was that first drive just a statement of intent, wasn't it? Right, big long play to Ty Felton, touchdown pass right afterwards. Boom, boom, done. Yeah, I. That's how we like it. I wasn't able to watch it live because I was down in North Carolina. It was parents' weekend, but I did go to the Elon William and Mary game. And Elon upset William number four William mm-hmm. Mary. That was nice. But I was following on my phone. Big game. I watched um, as many replays as I could. I read through the game thread on the message board, the Maryland.247sports.com message board. So I got it all that way. And the would you say the most dominant performance they've had so far this year? Yeah, I think top to bottom. I mean, you know, the only points they really gave up um, – you know, we're early on and, you know, I'm not counting the two touchdowns towards the end of the game when they're, you know, throwing 
second and third stringers in there. I mean, clearly the game was over. Um, you know, they had their, they had their backup quarterback in who actually looked better than the other kid, but that's a whole nother, that's their problem. I don't know. It was, it was a much more thorough game. I think Loxley talked about that after the game, you know, the fact that he's been a little grumpy uh, after some of these early wins and, and for good reason, I think um, you enjoy the wins, but you also realize when a team is not playing a full game, I think Indiana's the first time it was pretty clear. They played an actual full football game. I'm not going to get mad about second and third stringers giving up a couple touchdowns that were meaningless at the end. Otherwise, I'm a little concerned about the running game. Um, I'm a little concerned about the pass rush. These are not things that you know we weren't expecting as the season goes along. And if they're not able to take their shot at Ohio State, those are going to be the reasons why I suspect. But the passing game is humming. And I, I, I think there was a good debate this week on the message boards at 24Maryland.247sports.com about whether Talia had taken a next step or not. I was not necessarily in that crowd saying that he did just because the competition has been so low. But when you just look at the way the offense is, is uh, working out the pass game, especially, I mean, they really seem like they're on point. If we can get rid of a few, more, a few of those drops, um, I really can't think of any way they could be better than they have in the first five games of the season. Yeah, I agree. You can't ask for better than five and zero and winning every game. What's the large, smallest margin of victory? Eighteen, something like that. They're only yeah, one of three like teams that. in the country who've done that. I know the schedule is bad, but in years past, it was other teams who were five and zero beating up Maryland, and they were the ones who got the five and zero by beating no one. Maryland's not that anymore. Maryland's doing it to them now. So there should be some credit given for that. Schedule's not great, yes, but Michigan State, I don't care that they're down. Two years ago, the argument about Maryland was who's going to be able to forge ahead for the fifth spot in the Big Ten East Division, Maryland, Indiana, or Rutgers. That's not even a question anymore. Now Maryland has beaten Michigan State two years in a row and seemingly is the better program the last two years. And maybe even going forward, we don't know what's going to happen with their situation. But right now you got to side with Maryland. They're the ones doing it to other teams now. They get credit for that. It doesn't matter that the other teams are bad or down. Maryland's not. Yeah, you can only play this on your schedule, right? And Michigan State, for all of their troubles, went out, went to Kinnick last week and played Iowa pretty tough. So I don't think they're a total pushover yeah. either. Um, five and zero against some bad teams is still five and zero. It's college football, and what do we talk about every year? How do we get to six? Right? It is October fourth, and we have a chance to get to six in a couple days. So. Maryland's own schedule, the, just because the schedule happened to finally lighten up for them right as they've got a, a senior quarterback and a lot of skill guys who can make plays, I mean, you just take that and be happy, right? So take your shot at the big boys. you got to try and knock one off. But even if you don't, you win the games you're supposed to win. You're looking at possibly a 9-3 season. That's Who's not taking that? Yeah. Right? So I think we were right to be skeptical early on because – the competition was so bad and they had those slow starts, but the last two weeks in conference play with a road game mix in there as well. I don't know how you can't feel pretty good about where Maryland is at. That doesn't mean they're going to necessarily go 10 and two or 11 and one, 
But when I look back at how they've got here, I mean, they couldn't really have done much more given the teams yeah, that they played. It's the best possible start. Yeah, I don't. I I think there's a couple potentials here. Like if they can go knock Ohio State off or give them a real game this week, you could be looking at a team that could really fight for this conference. If that doesn't work out, but they play them close, maybe you could be looking at one of those Ralph years, like 2002s or 2003s, where you know they they end up maybe losing to the teams, uh, the big dogs, but still put up 10 wins. So there's a lot of places you can go with this. And our guest has just joined us, Ty Felton. We're going to add him to the room. There he is, Mr. Three-Touchdown Scorer, Ty Felton. What's going on, baby? Nothing much. What's going on? How are you? That was a beautiful game. What does it feel like when you're in a zone like that, scoring three, catching everything in sight, <laughs> catch, scoring three touchdowns? Everything was working. What's it like when you're in a zone like that? Man, it feels great. It's definitely a good feeling, but at the end of the day, I'm just happy we got the win. So at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So, yes, sir. Ty, what's the vibe of the team like right now? How excited are you guys? 5-0 and heading into Ohio State with a world of possibilities. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, this is kind of like you don't really get this opportunity every every week. So this is a very exciting opportunity. We're ready to go out there and play a hard game. And just believe we believe in ourselves. So we're ready to go out there and play a hard game and compete. So, Ty, it's Wednesday. I imagine you've been able to look at a little Ohio State film at this point. Uh, what do you see in terms of their secondary, the stuff they do on defense, and, and what are you guys going to be looking to do out there? As we all know, they're a pretty good team. They have a very good pass rush. They have some guys in the uh, secondary that's been there for a long time. They have some experience. They have some new guys. But I've seen some close coverages, some man-to-man stuff. So as the week goes goes by, I'll get to learn the details more and stuff on coaches. But they're a good team. We all know that, but, I mean, we all know that, but I will be ready to compete on Saturday. We're speaking with Ty Felton, junior wide receiver out of Stone Ridge in Ashburn, Virginia. I want to ask you about Ashburn, Virginia, because you're a neighbor. I'm from South Riding. I live in South Riding. We're neighbors. Gotcha. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, sir. 30 minutes away. Yeah. Yes, sir. Less, maybe. It depends on where, where we are. But what I want to ask you about is a lot of good football players in Northern Virginia in the conference out here. How do we get more of them interested in Maryland? You're you're pretty rare breed going to Maryland from Northern Virginia. How do we get more of those players there? Uh, one, we got to start by getting them just to visit out Maryland. I, I don't think guys realize how close Maryland is compared to the UVA's, the Virginia Techs, and the JMU. I think Maryland's 45 minutes an hour away from my house, and then the other schools are like three hours, two and a half hours. So this kind of realize, realizing the proximity of home it is, and just kind of this, the program's on the rise. This is a top program in the area. Probably has been the top program in the area for the last three years compared to other schools. So just knowing that uh, you have a home that's right there, that's, that's the top school and that's on the rise. So, yes, sir. Hey, Ty, tell us what was different for you last week. Was there anything that was like a different coverage that you saw or was it just Talia finding you? What went into that breakout game you had? I wouldn't say there would be nothing that was too much of a, uh, a difference or anything that I was surprised about. Uh, I had a very good week of practice. The team had a very good week of practice. So kind of just how, how hard we practiced and our attention to details, that kind of just ended up being the outcome of the game. And Saturday was my day to make make plays. I ended up making a play. So it was just a good feeling. And then uh, I just got to keep practicing hard. Hey, Ty, so you've been here for most of Lox's tenure. Um, he's been a little grumpy after those wins the first couple weeks. Um mm-hmm. You know, do, 
did it feel in the locker room like you got it? Like, hey, we put up a big number. We got down early. We had some poise. We had some resilience, but we got to get better. Like, are you able, when you're listening to the coach after you put up 45, saying, hey, this isn't good enough for the standard? Like, does that get through to you guys? You kind of like, hey, man, give us a break. <laughs> we just put up 45. Like, yeah. like, how does that come across to you guys? And and, and are you guys kind of on the same page in terms of where you're at as to, to plan to what you feel like your level is versus who the opponent is? Uh, to be, We completely understand every game because we feel like, well, our standard is very high and we know what we're capable of doing and the sky's the limit for us. As you guys can see, uh, when the offense is clicking, we feel like nobody can stop us. So just kind of going in and practice and coaches, they know what we can do. They know our ability. So coach, I wouldn't say he's too grumpy, but I would just say uh, he knows he knows our capability and he, he wants us to be to do our very best out there. So we, we fully understand it. At times we agree with him 100 percent, but at the end of the day, it's about what we do and just keep trying to compete and play at that standard every day. Hey, Ty, this is the first game where you guys are going into the game as an underdog. Every other game you've been a big favorite, double-digit favorite in most of them. How Does that change the way you look at the game? Does it change your uh, preparation for the game, anything? Or do you just yeah. treat it like normal? Uh, of course, we got to treat it like normal. At uh, the end of the day, every week, every week is an exciting opportunity because it's a new opponent and, new, and a new week. So we just got to treat it like normal and not try to – think too much of the game and try to just keep our details and keep everything the same and just keep playing and then try to go out there and get a W like we do every week. Hey, Ty, you've been around for a good chunk, maybe for the latter two-thirds of the rebuilding effort that Lox has been working on at Maryland. What's the biggest difference you notice behind the scenes with the team culture, with the attitude, anything else like that? Uh, I would just say that off the field, how close the team is off the field. You got receivers hang out with safety, D linemen hang out with O linemen. It's just the off the field and how close that we are together and how much we gel together. I mean, this offseason we spent a lot of time uh, together going going through uh, offseason workouts, going through some adversity offseason workouts, spending time together off the field, hanging out, playing videos again, video games together, eating out together. So I feel like the off the field gel that we uh, brought together really helped us on the field because it makes you want to push for your brother more. So I would say that's the that's one of the main things that really helped us. You're hanging out with safeties? What the hell is that all about, man? Yeah. <laughs> Dante, we, me, me and Dante Trader, Bo, those, those are my guys off the field. But in practice, we go head-to-head every day. But those are definitely my guys, 100%. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, um, so. All right, last question. I know you got somewhere to go. So um, I wanted to ask what the differences for you, for you are in terms of what you're seeing, what you're doing on the field from what uh, Coach Eno's had you do in the last couple of years versus Coach Gaddis. Like, what are some of those things that, are, that have been tweaked and changed a little bit in that, in that change? Well, Coach Gaz, uh, it's, it's a little bit more uh, reading coverage and kind of seeing what the quarterback sees. So, well, uh, Coach Gaz, uh, whatever whatever lead sees, we have to be able to see it to be able to convert our route or be able to uh, just go out there and execute the play. So it's just kind of kind of knowing the field, having a good football FBI, football information, and kind of just knowing what you're doing before you go out there. So you got a lot more option stuff this year than just yes, kind of you guys having to do make the same reads? Right, yes, sir. A lot more okay. option stuff, yes, sir. Hey, Ty, we end every interview with a game called Fill in a Blank. I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions. You say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Gotcha, yes, sir. The fastest wide receiver on the team is? Ty Fowler. Uh, <laughs> I thought you might say that, whether it's true or not. All right, the player who may not be getting a ton of playing time this year but will be huge next season will be? Shalik Knotts. Hey, the guy on the team you wouldn't want your sister to date is? Uh, that's a hard one, but I'll go with uh, 
Light skin man, Jason Jones. Can't let light skin get your sister. Hey, I'll throw, I'll throw Cater Prather in there too. He nah, that's one guy. Yeah, nah, he can't. Okay, <laughs> stay away from Prather. All right. Yeah, stay away from Prather. Maybe, maybe even more than Jay Sean. All right, maybe more than All right. The biggest players coach on the team is Robert Smith. Okay, the best Terps wide receiver of all time is Stephon Diggs. Good answer. Easy answer. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yeah, hey, hey so that's another guy who had three touchdowns this weekend. So, uh, you're in <laughs> yes, good company. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> we asked one more thing if everybody comes on the show. Could you do us a favor and say, this is Ty Felton, and you're listening to IMS Radio. This is Ty Felton, and you're listening to IMS Radio. Thank you, Ty. Good luck against Ohio yes, State. Sir. Thank you, guys. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, man. Go beat that ass, all right? Yes, sir. We will. Yes, sir. <laughs> See? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Tadies. Ty Felton, good guy, good guy. Huge good game time. last week. We got some comments about the question about which player you would want dating your sister. That was <laughs> a good one. I think I asked that many years ago. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, we've been doing it for 10 years, so it's hard not to rehash some stuff sometimes. You probably asked it of somebody who was just like, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And then you just throw it in the trash for a while. But he, you gotta, you he, gotta dig it back out. He threw he threw out two of them. I like that. Two two of his boys on the receiver. No, he, he threw them under the bus. Damn. I like that. He also said Caden Prother. Not yeah. Prather. But I said Prather and he said Prather back. So it might, Did have, he? might have just been I just been Okay. But I I do want to I do want I do want to shout out Jay Sean. He's had exactly zero personal fouls so far this season. Big I, fan. I'm still I still don't. He might he, he was probably close. Should've... He was close. Yes, I was gonna say he, he probably should have had yeah. one, but, but we're not. But it didn't. One called. It's fine. It one called. So just don't do it. I I saw him turning around, like talking <laughs> to the guy, and it looked like he was gonna throw the football in his face. And I was like, no, no. And he threw it to the ref instead. And I'm like, okay, he's he might getting have, better. He might have turned around and stared at him and said, "Have a nice day." Well, and also there was the play at halftime where you where he didn't get out of bounds, and Locks was clearly upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean. I mean, dude, first of all, like with that play, like he clearly could have made it to like the 35 or the 33 and got out of bounds and still had enough time left. So like with Howe's leg, that was a legit thing that could have happened. Um, but dude, that was the greatest halftime interview I think I've ever seen in my life. And Locks was just, I mean, he was seething. <laughs> it was because the was, question which... I was waiting for everybody to be like, oh, Lux is an idiot. You should have, you know, called them for him to get out of play. And I, I'm like, dude, he clearly did. And then Jay Sean clearly saw all that open field and was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm going for well, it. And pointing out when she and said, stuff. When she said, you got to leave with a smile or whatever she said. And he's like, <laughs> he did the fake smile thing. And he's like, what an idiot. <laughs> and he oh, walked he, up. He was so mad. Yes. God, that it was might, so funny. Reminded me of my interview with Durkin. <laughs> yeah. When he did that to me, I always do the fill in the blank, but it was his second interview with us. And the fill in the blank was very good. He, he played along. So the second time I did true or false. And the fifth one was uh, true or false. You have a very healthy balance between work life and personal life. And he just was silent for like five seconds. And then he goes, uh, sure. 
<laughs> and it was like, oh, we've told this story before. And the, the SID made us delete it. And there was other, there was another question they made us delete too, which I'm not even going to get into because anyway, guy, whatever. This guy was such a psycho. Yeah, we had to delete like a third of the interview before we could even play it. Anyway, whatever. You brought up Rashid Wallace. It reminded me this weekend, I found a YouTube channel and I watched, I watched the Ohi Steel game beginning to end two hours. And I watched Maryland upset North Carolina when they were number. Well, yeah, Maryland, North Carolina was one. I think Maryland was 10. It was Joe Smith, Keith Booth, sophomore year, Johnny, Dwayne, and X were juniors. And they upset, not that much of an upset, number 10 versus number one at home, but they, they beat them at home. And that was, they like, were down. That was like the Vince Carter, Anton Williams. No, it was Rashid or, Wallace oh, and was, Jerry Stackhouse. Oh, okay, that was before that. And Dante Calabria and Jeff McInnes and Serge Zwicker. I'm trying to remember all Serge the guys. Zwicker. But yeah, God. yes, I know. It brought back a lot of memories. But those those were golden era. And let me just say, watching those, the crowd then compared to the crowd now, and I know it's going to sound like this is old guy back in my day, but the fervor, the passion mixed with vitriol, it's nothing like that anymore. Like the fans were on the verge of riot the entire like the entire game. It's packed. People could not get in. They're screaming. They're yelling. The other teams, you just they had to be completely intimidated. Anyway, let's do one more thing before we move on from football. Let's share the predictions, the projections. Yeah, we got a little bump this week. Here we go. Can you guys see that? Here's what it looks like now. I'm up to 8.15. It's the first time all year I've been above 8. You, Jeff was barely above 8. Now he's at 8.38. Paul, 8.3. Hoagie sent his in again, 7.79. All the analytics sites are right around 8.5, really close, averaging closer to 8.6. At this point, it feels like less than eight wins is a disappointment. Agreed? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I think given where you're at, you would probably put the over-under at 8.5, right? You know, or eight if you were allowing for a push. Eight, eight's probably the number that would make sense if you're allowing for, you know, one screw-up in a game that you probably should win and then not beating one of the top teams because they all happen to be top 10 teams because of course they are because it's the big 10 East. Um, so yeah, I think that's fair. I think eight is probably the round most likeliest number at this point. I'm guessing that's probably what the, uh, probably what the numbers say too. Oh, actually they say nine and three. So yeah, it does say this is from team rankings. I like how they do this. They yeah. by record, the percentage chance for each, each record and and nine and three is the most likely record. And one thing that's even more exciting, look at this row here. Ten and two, more likely than seven and five. Woo! That's wild. Yeah. That's great. Ten and two more likely than seven and five. If they win this week, then you gotta be looking at a ten win season. Well, I mean, I think if they win this week, all bets are off. 
you know, because that's the one thing that's been missing from this team the entire Locks tenure. If you don't count the Penn State win during COVID with no crowd or any of that stuff, you know, they almost got Ohio State that one year. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they've had a couple close calls. They played Michigan well last year, but they haven't gotten it done. And they got to get that done if they're going to take this next step as a program. So, you know, before you can realistically sit here and say, we're going 10 and 2 this year, we're going to fight for the, the Big East title. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. They got to knock one of these teams off. This might not be the easiest one. But, like, they got to do it to somebody, and they win this game, all bets are off. If they lose this game, kind of as I was saying earlier, it kind of might remind me of one of those seasons that Ralph had after the ACC championship year, the one year where they got knocked off at Northern Illinois and lost to Florida State, but went, you know, win, won pretty much every other game and then beat up Tennessee in the Peach Bowl. And then the one year where they got beat by Notre Dame and lost to Florida State again, I think, and then basically beat everybody else and went to the Gator Bowl. So, you can lose these games and still have a really, really good season. But you win one of these games, the conversation starts to change pretty quickly. Agreed. Jeff, I thought you were going to say something. I guess not. Maybe Jeff can't even say anything (laughs) with the tech issues. But maybe that's a good – yeah, he's muted there. We can't hear him. Maybe that is a good segue to basketball – and oh basketball yeah there's not much recruiting to talk about last week was the week of the bad news for recruiting the only real big news this week is is that the schedule came out did we report that that matthew hodge uh went to villanova was that was that after or before you guys talked that was last week okay yeah that's not great um that's not great at all so I wasn't here to to whine and complain about it, so, <laughs> so I feel like I have some pent up frustration. But I mean, basically, at this point, your class is two players, really one player. It's it. I posted on the InsideMarylandSports.com message boards that honestly, Derek Queen's recruitment is pretty much pass fail for me. 
you just have to get Derek Queen. If you don't get Derek Queen, this class is a complete failure. There's just no way to salvage this class, knowing that you're losing Dante Scott, knowing that you you quite possibly will or could lose Julian Reese and not get the big stud, the big stud that you're apparently saving all your NIL money for that you've been on forever. That's local. You just have to get him. You have to, you absolutely have to, you can't paper that over in the transfer portal. You can paper over the other stuff. You can go get yourself a guard, a point guard in the transfer portal. It's not optimal for me, but you can do it. There's a whole lot more guards out there than there are big men. And certainly Maryland in the past few years has been able to show you know, with getting fats and with getting young that you can actually go out and do that and get a really good all-conference quality card. But, man, you've got a queen. You just have to. And there's just really no excuse not to. And I I know that Maryland has been perceived at least and reported to be in the lead there, but you're going against Houston with pretty much unlimited budget. Kelvin Sampson's excellent recruiter. They've got a connection to Team Thrill. And Indiana, who has thrown all their chips down on this one too, they're going to get Liam McNeely if they haven't already, who's pretty much Queen's best friend at Montverde. You just got to do it. You got to find a way. And I just don't know any other ways to talk about it, man. It's it's really just the whole class comes out of that. Now, Oliagu, the kid, the Canadian kid who's excellent, 2025 currently could end up being a 2024. Certainly been reported that that's the more likely scenario. But he's at overtime elite. He's Canadian. You've not had a lot of good God, good juju with guys like that. And again, if it becomes an NIL situation, where's that money coming from if you're saving a lot of it for Queens? So that would be great. Certainly you get both of those. We're high-fiving and calling it a successful class. But if you, if you strike out, man, that's pretty much just as bad as you can imagine for a second-year class and a little bit of a rebuild here after this you're probably going to lose the majority of the starters this year. Well, if you don't, if you don't account for the portal, you know, obviously that's, I think that Kevin Willard clearly entered this with his list and he was like, you know, if I miss on whatever number of these guys, then we're going to rely on the portal. That's their strategy. I mean, I know this, this is their strategy. We want to get Queen and Oliogu and then address any needs in the portal don't get one of them, then we'll address that need in the portal. I don't think they see a lot of guys in this class that they really like. I think the local class in 24 is not that great. And so they're they're all in on those guys. It's not like he doesn't understand that if he whiffs, you know, that's a bad thing and you still need to get somebody. But on the flip side, there's only two scholarships open at this point. So it's not like you're looking for a five-man class and you don't have a commitment. That said, most teams do have commitments by now. They don't still have any. They don't have any still. And so I can understand why fans are starting to grumble, especially with, you know, this this dry spell of, uh, of Jaden Mustaf to Georgia Tech and then Hodge, obviously. So I understand the concern, but I would say that they're definitely nowhere near panic mode over there. And as I wrote on the site, you know, I don't, definitely not in panic mode about Derek Queen. One other thing I did for basketball that I thought was kind of cool, Isaac Trotter from 24-7 Sports, he put out a list of the top 100 players in college basketball this season. Let me let me share this with you. 
I put all of it into a spreadsheet. Surprise, surprise. No way. But I did some number crunching, which I thought was kind of cool. So here's the list of players down the side here, right? All right, all 100. Maryland's got two guys in there, Julian Reese at 95. And, and Jameer Young at 22. And then I gave points, 100 points for number one, 99 points for number two, et cetera, all the way down. And then I added them up by school. Maryland is 25th. One thing that's super surprising to me, the Big East has four of the top six, Creighton, Villanova, Marquette, UConn, four of the top six. And they've got a few – St. John's is in there. Providence is in there too, lower down. That's, that's really good. And then I sorted it by conference as well, and the Big East is, is dwarfing people. I mean, it's a basketball conference, right? They don't have to worry – they can pour all their money. I mean, Marquette quietly is one of the most well-funded programs in the country. People don't realize that. When, and Villanova might have more NIL money than anybody, literally, including Duke and Kansas. If they don't have more, they've got very close to the same amount. So when you're, when you're you know, a basketball conference, you can pour all of your resources. That does give you a little bit of, of an advantage. Yeah, I kind of respect in a weird way, given all these conference shenanigans, that the Big East is just like, F it, we're just going to focus on basketball and, you know, that's what we're going to do. And it, it obviously this is just top 100 players, not their full rosters or anything like that. But I think it's pretty representative in terms of the Big East is like like they mean business. It, it's it's kind of in a way what the ACC has tried to kind of do both, you know, kind of straddle being a basketball, you know, historic basketball conference, but also be competitive in football. But you're not seeing the results there the way you're seeing in the Big East. They have basically thrown all their chips in in basketball and they're starting to show out. So it's uh, it's not surprising to see them up there. I mean, they're it's it's an impressive thing. I'd be surprised if, if the Big Ten can really handle the Gavit games the way this is going. The, the Big Ten, Illinois, Michigan State are the top two here. And again, it's only – Illinois with two yeah. players in the list, Michigan State with three players in the list, but it does give some sort of insight into the talent levels on the teams. There's Illinois, Michigan State. There's Purdue with one player getting them 100 points. It's Zach Eady, the number one ranked player in the list. Maryland's next here at 25 with 85 points between combined points between Jameer Young and Julian Reese. And then there's not much more. Northwestern in here. Boo Booey's in there. Uh, I think Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers and Michigan each have a player Ace, as well. Ace Baldwin's in there for Penn State. Oh, right. Penn State. Forgot Penn State. Rutgers and Michigan. It's easy to forget Penn State. It is. Yeah. At least in basketball. In basketball, right. I don't know. <laughs> when you think about what's happening. You, think, you, failed on the, you failed on this year, Jeff? What's that? Yeah, I mean – What's the feel of Penn State in basketball this year? Uh, you would hope so. I mean, Penn State is winning like a like a seventy percent clip against Maryland the past few years. It's really you know unbelievable. I mean, a lot of that was during this final down few few years of Mark Turgeon, but carried over last year that last game that they blew at the end of the season with the offensive rebound that went off Hakeem Hart's hand. It's like they're cursed against Penn State. And the funny thing is nobody at Penn State really cares at all. They'd rather get, like, a backup punter recruit 
and win that game, most of them, I think. Well, Jeff was going in and out there, but I think the gist of it was just that Penn State might. They've owned us for some complete random reason. It's not random. Uh, It's not random that Maryland, to to them, Maryland and basketball is what they are to us in football. And unfortunately, the talent levels are close enough where they can will themselves to victory, whereas Maryland can't do that in football as regularly. Yeah, I mean, I made that comparison on, on, on the message boards recently that, you know, Maryland football and Penn State football or Maryland basketball and Penn State football are kind of comparatively to the same in terms of the way the other school looks at that program. It's just Penn State for some reason in basketball has been able to kind of kind of kick our ass at times, um, which really doesn't make any sense. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm still not worried about them, and I'm not. I don't consider them some sort of like basketball threat to us in any way. They just happen to play well against us. Yeah, whatever. Comment in the chat from Del Boca Vista. Understand this list has basically no freshmen, so basically doesn't count recruiting classes. Kentucky has just two people at center, Sugrano Stalton. That's a very good point, Del Boca Vista. Yeah, I mean it's. You never quite know how fresh right. they're going to turn out, right? Some of the, some of the, you know, some top two hundred kid is going to end up being a stud, and some top ten kid isn't going to get off the bench. Like you, you just, you know, you can make those lists in January, right? Once you see what you get, but still a cool list and a good way to like when you crunch the data that way. It did provide some insight, particularly the Big East thing was very noticeable, and the Big Ten being in fourth there. Just not having that much talent, despite having many more teams, right? I mean, so, Larry, the Big East, the Big East thing shouldn't be that surprising when you look at how they've done in March compared to the Big Ten, right? That's that's a good point too. Yep. Yeah, and I think again, you get back to when you talk about the March results. It's like the Big Ten. You know, they 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 are exactly what we thought they were when we were in the ACC, right? You know, whereas the ACC and the Big East, like they're really top heavy. But those top-heavy teams, it seems at the top, are like really elite, good teams. Whereas the Big Ten has never had that top group of their teams really make big runs. You know, Wisconsin a couple of years ago. You know, but mostly Michigan State every once in a while. Yep. But a lot of times you go and you kick ass in the big in the Big Ten, and you're still out in Sweet Sixteen weekend. So. Ohio State under Mata made two Final Fours, Beeline made yeah. with Michigan. So they've had some instances where they were close. That's a while ago. I know it right? is. I know yeah. it is. But yeah. everyone knows the whole the the funny but interesting tidbit that Maryland is the last Big Ten team to win a national title. Right? I feel like those so, Pac-12 teams joining the conference should help. They're going to kind of force teams to recruit better athletes and play more up-tempo, I think. I sure hope so. I mean, uh, you would think so, right? I mean, just by playing style, some of those West Coast teams coming in might change the way the conference likes to play basketball. Obviously, if it was Gary Williams' Maryland team, that would have done that. But Turgeon, not so much. And certainly Rutgers is not going to do anything but dogfight you. Jeff, that's really it, right? There's not much more news going on. Uh, recruiting. I mean, they didn't have a huge – uh, recruiting weekend for underclassmen last weekend. They had I think, 15 okay. or 16 of their top uh, 25 and 26 class recruits. I think they're pretty well positioned with, with a bunch of those guys early. Biggest thing to me is going to be 
deciding who to prioritize because there's so many good players in the area in next year's class. So, you know, we know who some of the top guys are, clearly the guys we write about regularly, but there's a lot of other guys uh, who maybe aren't top 30 or whatever, but are still top 100 or right outside who they feel like will end up being really good players. So, um, so that's going to be interesting to see. I think next year's class will be a much bigger class. And I think they've laid early, you know, laid the groundwork early, you know, because these are the guys who Willard came in and these guys were still fairly young when he came in. They improved them at an early age. So that's really the only other news otherwise. But, you know, Malikam and I are going to be watching basketball. I would really like to point out this comment that was made. Makes me very happy. <laughs> Enjoying Larry's spreadsheets. Thank you, Jerry. Oh, at I least, at least somebody is. <laughs> See, I secretly you love the spreadsheets. You just have this shtick that you do on the show to try and act like you don't like it. You act like you're above it. You know that's your whole thing. That's your whole. Shtick. No, I don't. I look. I don't hate the spreadsheets. I'm just incapable of doing that type of detail work. Like that's just <laughs> not. That's not how I. Run that's it. all I yeah, do. I'm just. I'm just wheeling. I'm just wheeling and dealing, man. Yeah. He's jelly. Yes, I am jealous. I'm absolutely jealous. I mean, I wish I could do that kind Me of stuff. Too. I wish I had Larry just pulls those out of his ass in like five seconds. All right. Um, it is time for Paul's favorite segment of the show. Let's hear from our boy Wheels. Hey, everyone. This is Wheels with your Inside Maryland Sports Non-Revenue Report. Can anyone explain what's happening with the men's soccer program at late? The Terps fell last night to Rutgers they in a ride of four-game losing streak. Wow. They've never won a game since a 2 nothing win over UNC Greensboro no. back on August 27th. Can't score goals. Right now they're sitting at one win, six losses, and two ties in the season. The Terps are probably in a situation where they have to win the Big Ten tournament to qualify for the That's overall crazy. NCAA tournament. They play at home against Bowling Green this Saturday looking to break that losing streak. Women's soccer similarly is, continues to struggle. They have a three-game losing streak and an overall five-game winless streak. Wow. It has seen them outscored 14 to nothing. They welcome what? Rutgers on Saturday. To what is start. going on? Volleyball had its two-game Big Ten win streaks ended when they lost at number 22 this, Ohio State. This is all just terrible news. There's no end in sight to high-quality opponents Larry. in Big Ten volleyball, though. They head to number 16, Minnesota, on Friday. Should I just stop this Finally, Oh, he's always done. Fourth ranked field hockey team welcomes Michigan State to College Park on Friday. Terps dropped a shootout game at number six Rutgers last week. Nothing but losses. Before posting a complete win over number 16 Penn State. There we go. This past Sunday. One win. And that's it for your IMS non rev sports report. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. That was the most depressing non rev report ever. <laughs> I know. What's going on? Non revs usually like boost up when football is not good. The non revs are winning everything. I was going to just. Oh, I, don't worry. Don't get. I was going to unleash thousands of words of scoop on soccer and field hockey tomorrow, and now it's like, what's the point? Now you can't. <laughs> no one's going to care. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, w I will trade the non-rev misery for football staying undefeated yeah. every time. Yeah. Uh, I think that goes Sunday, on so Look at this. Yeah. Another, another comment that loves the detail of my spreadsheets. Look at this. Everybody loving the spreadsheets. Look at this. Y'all need to slow down on some of this Larry Pretty. I love it. Life. I love it. Another comment. Just people listening back, it says, as a CPA, I love the detail of the spreadsheets. Spreadsheets are my life. Look at that. 
Antoine Cuff. Yeah. That's right. You're my life too. I'm a data nerd. I'm a data nerd. You like Power B- okay. BI, Antoine? That's my new toy. Love it. Did you guys just that become nerd. best friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Yep. 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 All right. We're going to end with true or false. We did this last week, but I got the show ready in about 10 minutes, as you can tell from the tech issues, which were not my fault, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. But- those were all here. <laughs> no, I'm not my fault. Take the bull- I'm not letting you take the bullet on that one. <laughs> this was a long day, and it ended like a long day. <laughs> yeah. So I will be better next time. As Paul said earlier, I did not play to the standard. I'm going to finish, start strong and finish strong. Okay, Loxley. Did not play to the standard. All right, true or false. Jeff, Maryland will beat Ohio State this week. True or false? I can't see that. I mean, I think they'll give them a better game than they have at Ohio State. You know, they've been blown out by an average score of 63 to 17 there in four games, which is really unbelievable. 63. Uh, to average that in four meetings is crazy. So, you know, they've only been able to challenge them at home. I think that they'll play them closer. I just – I don't know if they can hang up and hang in the trenches. Skill position-wise, I think they can hang, but I'm just not sure they can hang on both sides of the, the line. Paul, Cam Edge will be a better quarterback than Talia Tungavailoa. Not more prolific stat-wise, better. False. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say that any recruit is going to be better than one of the best quarterbacks likely in Big Ten history. <laughs> I mean, let alone probably the best quarterback in Maryland's history, at least in terms of stats and, and output we, and things like we that. We talked about this last week. We talked about it with Ralph. Is he the best or is he just the most prolific stat-wise? He's played way more games. Boomer played like two seasons, maybe like one Frank Reich one. So those guys don't have stats and it was a different game. So. Yeah. I don't think you can compare uh, Leah's stats to what those guys were doing in the eighties. Like it's just, you know, you're talking about guys who play, you know, Neil O'Donnell played in the NFL for like 300 years. Exactly. Stan, Stan Gelball, Scott Zolak. Like these were good players on top of the obvious ones, Boomer and Wright. Sean Hill, um, I don't know if you said him. Sean Hill, Scott McBrien. I mean, the 50s Talia guys. Is, yeah, Scarbath was the second pick in the draft, and, right? So, and second in Heisman voting. Could you imagine having a quarterback second in Heisman now? How crazy right. that would be? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Leah, Leah's in the conversation. Yes. I mean, hey. I think that's all you can really do. You just, you, you get like those top five guys and like it's, it's one of them. Hey, if he throws for 400 and gets the, gets the upset this weekend, he might be in the Heisman conversation, right? He yeah. certainly has, he has the opportunities against these three big teams and whatever happens towards the end of the season to certainly make his argument um, that he's, he's maybe the best ever. But um, in terms of results, you, you can't, you, you can't say that. I mean, it, but the numbers speak themselves too. Jeff, the basketball schedule came out this week. The non-conference schedule for basketball isn't great. True, yeah. I mean, especially at home, right? It's, it's pretty rough. I think last year Willard clearly was not thrilled by that brutal December run with, with Tennessee and Wisconsin and Illinois all mixed in. And so – you know, that might have had a little bit of influence on it, although some of it was, you know, was already scheduled. But, yeah, I think he, you know, it's not a terrible schedule. 
you still have UCLA and Villanova. That's two pretty good games, but uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting to see Xfinity packed for those early season non-conference games, knowing how Maryland fans roll when it comes to non-brand name teams. Paul, the pregame show for Michigan is going to be amazing. <laughs> well, I, sure. Uh, but given the technical difficulties we seem to run into, like I'm only a little bit more nervous than I was before um, what we've done the past few weeks. But yeah, no, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're all going to be together. We'll all be in the suite. We're going to be doing a little game day action. We just need to figure out a way that we can do that and make sure the technology doesn't make us look like a bunch of assholes. So I promise you we will spend the next month doing that. Um, and, uh, and actually, we're going to talk about that app as soon as we're done streaming this. So so there you go. Yeah, and that's like when you hear your parents say, I'll talk to you about it later. That's how I felt when you said that right now. <laughs> I, honestly, Jeff, you're not gonna, your internet is not going to be the issue for that. I can, assure, <laughs> I can assure you that much. There we go. That's all I got for you guys this week. No more true or false. Like I said, I was kind of rushing at the end there. I'm doing some training at work. It's like taking, like when you're doing the training, I can't like duck away for a while and work on my agenda and read the board and see what's going on, right? So, yeah, it's crap. I know they expect me to work for my money. I mean, what's going to do actual What work? is going on here? On, Jerks. Man. It's not what we do anymore. What is going on? Anyway. Loved having Ty Felton on the show. People watching this are going to have to go back to the other video to see Ty Felton. We're in two pieces this week because of I don't know why. Some random reason. Some random reason we got shut down and started back up again. So we're in two pieces this week. We will do better next week. Hopefully. <laughs> I said that with confidence. I, I don't we feel that need, confident we at the moment. a couple weeks to get used to the new, uh, the new platform. We'll be good to go. Some new weeks. Everybody, please do us a favor and subscribe to us on YouTube. We're nearing 900 now. Still trying to hit that 1,000 mark barrier. We are now on BitChute. We are now on Odyssey as well. We're on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So you can find us everywhere. And, of course, you can find us on our main website, which is Maryland247sports.com. This is IMS Radio. We will see you guys next week week.